הרני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שדרנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדושים אשר בארץ המה ובבחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחה נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן בן פגה בן שמחה נא נח נחמן נחמן בן אומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן Continue where we left off in Sichot Aran, Seif Shin Chet, conversation 308, I believe the third part, where we left off, we left off with a question. And in the last class we discussed this question, the question that Rabbeinu brings up from the, from the Mishnah and Pirkei Avot. And it says over there, This is the way of the Torah, You shall eat bread with salt, You shall drink measured water, You shall sleep upon the earth, you shall live a life full of pain. And in the Torah, you will toil. Rabenu then adds, and he brings from the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he continues in the, uh, in the Mishnah. And it says over there in the Mishnah, if you do so, happy are you and it will be good for you. And what do the Chachamim say? What do they mean, happy are you? Happy are you in this world? And what do they mean when it say it will be good for you? It will be for, good for you in the world to come. So Rabbanu brings up the question, the common, the normal question a person should have. We named all these forms of suffering and pain, things that aren't enjoyable, eating bread with salt, water with, uh, in, a, in a measure, meaning you don't even have abundance of water. This sounds painful. And you're going to sleep upon the earth, no bed. Um, you're going to live a life full of pain and then you're going to toil in Torah it seems like it's the most horrendous experience that exists and then it says over there Ashrecha, happy are you in this world what does that even mean? how can Rabbeinu was asking how can we even say happy are you in this world after we just mentioned the worst forms of suffering and now Rabbeinu answers the question we're going to answer it today but the truth is this is where we left off but the truth is, one who has the eyes and the heart to see properly into the, into the subjects of the world, into what's happening around us, into really what's happening around the world truthfully. Rabbanu is saying, the condition is that you are met. If you're really delving deeply to the truth, to really understand why. To look at re- what's really happening. One who had the merit to suckle truthfully from the Torah, from the conversations, from the stories, the awesome stories that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbi Nachman, the awesome tzaddik, the holy tzaddik, may his memory be for a blessing. One who merited to suckle from his teachings. By Rabbeinu, by the people who study Rabbeinu's teachings. It's ex- this Mishnah is explained in simplicity, in total simplicity. We don't even need the, 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 uh, the homiletic explanation to the Chachamim. Rabban was saying the simplicity of the, of, of the Mishnah Perkei Avot is the actual key. And we're going to unlock it right now. Rabban says, we can explain it in total simplicity. We can explain this matter to any true, intelligent uh, person who understands the master at understanding how God conducts the world in goodness. One who is able to see Hashem in Bach is good, then he can understand what we're talking about. Because we have to begin to understand that all the wealthy people, all those people who are very um, wealthy who have lots of money, they will admit that the world is filled with suffering, 
with words. Because the worries of these wealthy people, their afflictions are huge, they're, they're, they're numerous. Not only are they big, but they get worse and worse every single day, every single moment. In the more possessions you have, the more worries. And even though the common people who aren't at this wealthy level, who are actually poor, they do not understand this because they've never been in the position. They always, it, the grass always seems greener on the other side. So because the common people which are poor don't understand this, and it seems to them that if they had wealth, they wouldn't have the worries that they have. But the truth is, they make a tremendous error and a mistake with this. As we can see naturally, had just explained that the more possessions you have, the more words you have. Rabbeinu also explained in Sichot Aran, we've seen um, um, a while ago, that the more a person has, the less close it is to him. The more money a person has, the more he needs to store it somewhere else. It's not even close to his body. It's not close to his basar, his goof. And therefore, the more he feels the need to control it, the more he wants, the more that he's looking outward. It's not something that is close to him. Therefore, there's always more worries. Unless a person really has the emunah and he believes that whatever Hashem gives him it belongs to him and whatever Hashem wants to take away, it belong, everything that Hashem gives or takes, it belongs to Hashem. When a person really believes this and he's happy with what he has, whether he's poor or whether he's wealthy, then he can really attain simcha with the wealth that he has. But if not, if you enter the test of wealth, for, by the way, the test of wealth is one of the biggest tests of all. People think it's, oh, we pray for panasa, we pray for panasa, we pray for wealth, wealth, wealth. No, we're praying for panasa, we're praying for our livelihood. Meaning that which Hashem Yitbach has destined for us. You want wealth, that's a test that a person might not uphold. We should pray that Hashem Yitbach gives us a dot, the consciousness that God, that we should have the ability to recognize. That whatever Hashem Yitbach wants to give us, we should have. And that we shouldn't want more than that. That should be the, the things that we pray for. And if we're not at the level to have that consciousness to pray for what Hashem Yitbach wants to give us and to be happy with what Hashem Yitbach wants to give us, then pray for more. But at least pray to Hashem Yitbach that you, or at least recognize that you know that you're blemished in this area. At least know and recognize that when Hashem Yitbach gives you something, that that's what's meant to be. And if you want more and more and more, that's because you don't have the consciousness, to, you don't have the kedim, the vessel, to accept what you, what, the level in which you are at. You don't have the, the vessel to accept the, the things Hashem Yitbach has given you, so you want more, you're greedy. But understand that, and at least be conscious of that, before you enter the realm of saying, Hashem Yitbach, give me more, give me more, give me more, I deserve more. Because who really deserves <laughs> So it's a very deep concept here what we're talking about because we know there's a huge and tremendous test with wealth. The more wealth a person has, the more tests he has, the more worries he has. It is a very big test. A person is tested not to give charity. A person is tested to be selfish. Rabbeinu discusses this in many different lessons in Likuta Moran. It, as Rabbeinu teaches us in the name of the Magid and Mezrich, it's impossible to attain Gdula, greatness, and Torah, or Ashirut and Torah in the same place. Wealth and Torah. For Torah comes from the right side and wealth comes from the left. As we know this, the wealth comes from the left as it brought down the writings of the Arizal. 
the Zohar, Rabbeinu discusses this in lesson 12 of Likutei Moran, how money comes from the left side, but the right, the right is where the Torah is, where the Chochmah is. A person can attain both because they're on two opposite sides. So you're either praying, you're either praying leaning towards the right, which is what, which is Chochmah, or leaning towards the left, which is um, the Gvura, which is where the money comes from. You cannot attain both unless a person is at such a level of humility where he's in the aspect of Ayn, which is nothingness. And if you're nothing, you have no place, which means you are right and left at the same time. That's only applicable for very, very holy tzaddikim who are able to attain all that wealth and yet still be righteous. Being wealthy, Rabbeinu is teaching us, is not easy to stay righteous when you're wealthy. It's not easy at all. In fact, it's a bigger test. And there's a beautiful story that, that proves this from the teaching of Rabbeinu. And it's a very difficult thing to understand this. Rabbeinu says, a person who's so entrenched in the Ta'ava for money, he will never be able to hear words like this because you're so sunken in the quicksand of this Ta'ava, of this desire. No words can help you escape the mindset which you're entrenched in. It's like trying to explain uh, to a closed-minded person something that he's already stuck on. You cannot express that. You cannot express that to someone who's already, clo- who's already um, closed their mind and who's already decided what they've already thought. You cannot have a conversation with someone who's, re- who's not open-minded. It's the same way here. A person who's entrenched in the desire for money, unless he really has an opening in his heart to listen to the words Rabbeinu is saying right here, he will not, this, this will not help him. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a reality. It's a, it's a hit in the face what we're talking about here. It's a truth that you cannot, that's staring you in the face. So either you're there to accept it, you have an opening in your heart, or you're not. You, you want to you wanna subdue this, and you, you want to go the opposite direction. You want more wealth, and you want more money, and more greed. Not to say that a person who's wealthy is not doing the Chaton of Hashem. Hashem is giving you the wealth, but what? You have to understand how to use it, not to yearn for more. It's things that we have to realize that whatever Hashem gives you, serve Hashem from that place. Rabban was saying, the poor people make a tremendous mistake in thinking that their problems would be solved by more money, by having more money. And, and I won't explain the beautiful story that I was mentioning earlier about one of Rabbeinu's students who was very poor. And Rabbeinu was once traveling with another student and they were traveling through a town in which that town, there was that student of Rabbeinu who was extremely poor. And the student who was traveling with Rabbeinu said, let's go visit this other student. There's an entire story about there, about that. How Rabbeinu was traveling with Rabbi Chaiken, uh, his chazan, the person who used to sing for, for Rabbeinu, the person who used to be the chazan of the, uh, the, the breast lovers. Rabbi Chaiken told Rabbeinu, let's go, uh, you know, I'll say it here. <laughs> Rabbi Chaiken told Rabbeinu, let's go visit the student. Rabbeinu said, okay. Well, they hop down and they see the impoverished state of the student. Rabbi Chaiken says, Rabbeinu, you have to give him a bracha. Look how poor he is. Rabbeinu said, I have absolutely nothing to give him. Rabbi Chaikel was so shocked by those words that he said, what? Look how poor he is. He's literally covering himself in the curtains of his home. He has no clothing. And what? You're not going to give him a bracha that he should have parnasa? Rabbeinu said, I have nothing to give him. So Rabbi Chaikel said, Rabbeinu, do you give me permission to give bracha? Rabbeinu said, do whatever you want. So Rabbi Chaikel took a bucket of water and in the back of the house, back of the place in which he was staying, this hut, he poured the water to the north and he said, Shefalat Safon. Poured the water to the south. He said, Shefalat Darom. Poured the water to the west. Shefalat Ma'arab. Poured the water to the east. He said, Shefalat Mizrach. Abundance in the north, south, east, and west. He left. A couple of weeks later, this man started earning a living, a tremendous wealth. 
started growing onto this person, started going to the marketplace. And months later, this man, this poor student who ended up becoming very wealthy, find himself in the marketplace of Uman, on the marketplace of Blesser, I forget where. And Rabenu's house was, it was actually in Uman, I believe. And Rabenu's house was facing the marketplace. Rabenu's house was facing, facing the marketplace. And Rabenu signals the student who he hasn't seen in quite some time. Signals the student to come to the house. The student comes. And Rabenu asks him. He says, Did you look at the sky today? And the student responds, No. Rabenu calls Rabbi Chaykel who was there at the time. He says, Rabbi Chaykel, look what you did. Look at what your Barachah did. The man forgot Hashem Barach. That's why I did not bless him with Parnassah. Because the Parnassah, if you don't have the Kelim, if you don't have the vessel to accept the Parnassah, you forget Hashem. That's the danger of money. As we say, one of the most important, uh, the ten remembrances we have to remember every single day, the mitzvot. You have to remember Hashem, your God, because it is He who gives you the strength to, to, to attain valor. Meaning what? It is He who gives you your panasa. <laughs> Meaning what? Remember Hashem, for it is He who gives you panasa. Meaning what? If you forget that Hashem is not giving you the panasa. That if you forget Hashem is giving you the panasa, then you, you've forgotten everything. If you don't know where your panasa comes from, then you've forgotten Hashem. If you don't attach your business to Hashem, you've forgotten what it's meant to be in this world. You've forgotten your purpose in this world. The purpose is to go into the mounds of dust and the heaps of clay and to serve Hashem from that place, to find Hashem, to remember Hashem from within your work. That's the entire key. And if you forget that, then that's the mistake. It is certain that these people who have families, these poor people, it is certain that they have worries, tremendous worries as we mentioned above. From the poorest to the wealthiest people, everybody has worries. And there's no place to escape the afflictions of this world, which is the world, this world which is filled with pain, suffering, Many forms of suffering. Whether it's with regard to the subject of livelihood, earning a living, or whether it's with regard to the subject of maybe you have pain from your wife and your kids because they might cause you suffering. And maybe for the wife, maybe um, they imagine that their trouble is from their husband. All these types of imagination from the husband to the wife, from the wife to the husband, from the husband to the kids, from and whether it's actual physical pain, meaning sicknesses that are stuck to the body, God forbid. That we find many people who have to endure tremendous sickness, astounding plagues. May God spare us from this in this world. Whether it's all that we mentioned above or other things that are similar. There is no place to escape from all this except to the Torah. Because anyone who wants to escape or who wants to have good in this world, that he should live a life full of nachat, of pleasantness, without any pain. Any person who wants this, he's actually filled with more pain. He Because the more he hopes for good, the opposite will come. Meaning the more he... he he, 
he, the more he demands good from this world, the more disappointed he will be. Even though sometimes it will seem to him that there is some good, some imaginary good. It is certain that it is mixed with sighing and suffering. As is known to every person empirically. To anyone who searches for the truth, who is looking at the truth. Rabbeinu saying, even the good, even the vacations that you go on that seem rid of your problems at work and this and that, even that is suffering. There is always mixed with suffering. Even Yeah, it might be majority good. You might be enjoying your time at the pool, but uh, it is filled with suffering. There's always going to be things in the back of your head testing you in your mind. There's always going to be questions, doubts, problems, wife, kids, work, uh, employees, this, that. There's always going to be something. And each and every person feels this, from the woman to the man, to, to the young, to the old. Rabbeinu is saying there's no escape. But here is the answer. Alken, therefore, the conclusion is this. In this world, there's no wisdom, there's no understanding, there's no counsel, there's no piece of advice that can get you to live a life full of joy and pleasantness unless you're willing to truthfully be content with the utmost little that God gives you. And to live a life of pain, like the way it says in the Mishnah, as we mentioned above, you shall eat bread of the salt. The mentions of the pain that we mentioned above, because then specifically, when you accept upon yourself all the stress, the life of pain, the to endure everything that we mentioned above, and to engage in the Torah, even with that suffering. Meaning what? It's a double. It's a double-edged sword. Meaning what? You're going to suffer in this world with all the pain, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, and you're willing to endure that. But also that you're going to engage in the Torah, to study Alakha, to study the works of Rabenu, to pick up, to do Hid Bodadut, to serve Hashem Bar, to run to the mikveh when you have two minutes on your hand, to do all those things that a Jew needs to do. If you're willing to do that. As it says at the end of the, at the Mishnah, and in the Torah you shall toil. As Daika, then if you do this, specifically, then you'll have life and vitality in this world. You'll have happiness in this world. And you'll also be happy in this world. As it's mentioned over there, if you do so, happier you in this world and in the next. Vadai, certainly. Happy you in this world, in this world certainly, meaning what? Because you will have no troubles, you will have no suffering from the troubles of this world, from the misfortunes of this world, which are numerous, that happen to each and every person every single day, every single moment. For the suffering of this world is inescapable unless you decide to put all your faith in the Torah. And when you do, when you decide to put your trust in Hashem, then Hashem will begin to show you the light in everything. He will show you how everything has meaning. And when it has meaning, when you have that, as Rabbeinu teaches us, when you have consciousness, there's no such thing as suffering. So that's what we need to ask Hashem for. That we should have the da'at, the consciousness, to accept everything He sends us and to find the good within it. And when we do, as Rabbeinu says, da. That he says like this, 
כשאדם יודע שכל מאורותיו הם לטובתו, זאת הבחינה, היא מעין עולם הבא. אז רבנו תיצ'ר זה לסן פור. What does Rabbeinu say? When a person knows that all the things that happen to him are for good, הם לטובתו, are for his good. זאת הבחינה, this aspect, he may end up as a taste of the world to come. You live in the world to come when you understand that everything is for the good. And that's the key, the emunah that we need, the da'at that we need. That Hashem Yitbach does everything for our good. We should have the faith that Hashem Yitbach should give it to us. And because of the fact that you're accepting everything upon yourself because of the Torah, and all your vitality, your life force, is the Torah, which is the truthful good. And now it is certain that the person's life that he's living is a true life, is a veritable life. Happy is he in this world. Happy is he in this world, Bermet. I'll pause here because it is mamash, a powerful lesson. Very strong and bold words that Rabbeinu is bringing. But a lesson to us all to understand what is the purpose of why we are here. And to know that you can try to escape the suffering as much as you want with more money, with more power, with more honor, with more in Gashmiut, with more in physicality. The more you want from the physical world, the more you demand from the materialism of this world, the more it demands from you, the less happy you'll be. And that's a principle that people learn the hard way. All of us learn the hard way. That we should pray, God willing, that Hashem should give us the that, that we don't need to fall into that, that imagination and thinking that we can gain something from this world. That God should give us the that, the consciousness to accept whatever Hashem has in store for us. And when we do accept that, and we accept it with full certainty and confidence, We'll be truly happy in this world. For everything that happens to us will have meaning, will have purpose. We'll see the light at the end of the tunnel in everything. Even in the darkness will be light. Hashem, send your light, your truth, and that will guide me. That Hashem, that should guide us all into serving Hashem truthfully in this world.